Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book one of his work of Stoic Ethics, On Duty, Cicero distinguished four main sources of the good, of the right, of duty, of what it is that we ought to do. These are the cardinal virtues, wisdom, justice, temperance, and the one we're going to discuss here, courage. Now, Cicero is going to use several different terms. He will refer to it as fortitudo, the word that we get fortitude from. And he's going to discuss what genuine courage consists in and how we can distinguish it from other things that look like courage but are not actually courage. But he also uses the language of great soldness. He talks about an animus, a mind that is, is raised high. And he says that this actually has, like the other virtues, its origin in human nature. So the Stoic idea of living in accordance with nature means following out certain very fundamental basic inclinations that are implanted within all of us as human beings. He talks about this in chapter four. He says that nature gives us, as he calls it, a desire, a hungering is how it's translated here, for independence. And not just independence in the sense of being financially independent or people not telling you what to do, but self-rule. The Latin for it is principatus, for rulership. Uh, not necessarily rulership over others, but certainly over oneself. So he says that we have a hungering for independence so that a mind well molded by nature, of course, this does not include everybody, is unwilling to be subject to anybody save for one who gives rules of conduct or is a teacher of truth or who for the general good rules according to justice and law. And he says, from this attitude, from this way of thinking, out of this comes greatness of soul, magnitudo animi, and a sense of superiority to worldly conditions. So Cicero is saying that within all of us, according to the Stoics, there is this basic fundamental drive or desire for a kind of independence, a kind of being able to set our own goals, being able to pursue things, even against resistance. So that's really key. He says that this leads us, this is in chapter five, to greatness and nobility of soul. And this is in fact, he calls the greatness and strength of a noble and invincible spirit. This is one of the four sources of the good. And then jumping much further into his more specific discussion of it in chapter 18, he's going to add a little bit to this. He tells us that there are a number of different duties, right? And he says, we must realize we set down four cardinal virtues from which as sources moral rectitude and moral duty emanate and he says that achievement is most glorious in the eyes of the world so this is recognized by culture including our own culture which is one with a spirit a mind, an attitude, great, exalted, and superior to the vicissitudes of earthly life. Again, we have this, this sense of, of independence. Courage involves being able to rise above the things that would ordinarily drag the animal down or other human beings who've been, you might say, deprived of this drive through one way or another. So he's using this as, as a, a prime example. And he says that, you know, we 
attribute compliments to people by talking about the brave and noble work of their great souls. So he says, think about, and he's bringing up battlefield courage, Marathon, Salimus, Plataea, Thermopylae, right? And then he says, think about our own Cocles, the Deci. These are people who are heroes to the Romans, Gnaeus and Publius Scipio. And we might think in our own time about people who we consider to be brave or courageous or to have a great soul, those who rise above. And, you know, we may not be able to relate to these earlier examples, but we can find many of our own. So that's sort of the staging. Now, what do the Stoics themselves actually have to say about courage itself? Well, he brings up the Stoic definition of courage in chapter 19. And this is in the course of telling us what courage is and what courage is not, giving us a caution about how we need to think about courage if we're going to understand it rightly, because we might be getting the wrong cues from our own culture, from those people who surround us. They may tell us that something is courage when it's not really courage. So what do the Stoics have to say about it? He tells us that the Stoics give a definition of courage as the virtue that fights for the side of right. So courage itself is a kind of rightness, but it only remains rightness when it fights for the side, not only of itself, but of something more than itself. Rightness is not encapsulated completely in courage. It has to be connected to other forms of rightness. So he says, fortitudo is the virtue, which he says, propugnantum, that is taking the side, getting in there and fighting for equitate, what is actually just. So what is courage going to do? Like we have here, courage must defend or promote the common good. This is a really interesting statement here. It cannot be concerned merely with its own selfish gain. Now, that may raise some problems for people because you could say, well, if I'm defending myself against a bully or if I am taking a risk in starting a business or something like that, maybe I guess I'm not courageous according to the Stoics. Well, think about the bully example. If you're actually defending yourself against some sort of aggressor, what are you preserving? Are you only preserving yourself or are you preserving a person who actually, by other ways, serves the common? good. Are you preserving, as Epictetus might say, the person of fidelity, the person who can be trusted? The bully can't, but you perhaps can. And in doing so, you are in fact preserving the common good because you are part of that common good. Now, if you were only doing it because you like to get revenge on bullies, you become some sort of vigilante. Well, that would not be courage, according to Stoics or according to, to Cicero, who agrees with them on that. So, you know, he says, no one has attained a true glory who has gained a reputation for courage by treachery and cunning, for example. Nothing that lacks justice can be morally right. When what looks like courage is being used for purely selfish ends, he says, it actually transforms from being a virtue and turns into a vice, the opposite of virtue, the things that the Stoics considered intrinsically bad for human beings. And many people who think themselves courageous probably are caught in this very situation. So he says, if the exaltation of spirit seen in times of danger and toil is devoid of justice and fights for selfish ends, it's a vice. It has no element of virtue. Its nature is barbarous and revolting to our finer feelings. 
So he says that we have some criteria here. The people who are genuinely courageous, he says, need to actually be good, bonos, straightforward, simplices, and to be lovers of truth. He also adds to be enemies to deception. But I think that goes along with lovers of truth. And he says these are at the center of justice. So you can see that justice plays a, a very important role in courage. He also adds that those who prevent injury are to be considered brave and courageous, not those who do injury. So those who have a natural aggressiveness, those who are prone to attack others, that doesn't make you courageous. What makes you courageous is when that impulse is used for the common good. He adds as well that genuine courage consists primarily in doing things, not in fame, not in what other people see, but what it is that you actually do. A little bit later in chapter 20, he tells us that the soul that is courageous and great is marked above all by two key characteristics. One of these we've already talked about to some degree. He says it's indifference to outward circumstances. Such a person cherishes the conviction that nothing but moral goodness and propriety deserves to be either admired or wished for or striven after. And this person also desires that they not be subject to any person or passion or accident of fortune. So again, courage means a sort of independence from other people, but also of the drives and desires within ourselves. It's not courageous for somebody like Cicero to fly into a rage and to go and attack the enemy because that's to be captured by one's own passion. What else is involved here in courage? He says the second characteristic is that when the soul is disciplined in the way above mentioned, one should do deeds not only great and in the highest degree useful, but also extremely arduous and laborious and fraught with danger, both to life and to many things that make life worth living. So courage at its peak, you might say, is going to be by its very nature engaged with the sorts of things that, that do tend to make people feel fear or desire or anger or other things. The things that present resistance to us, the things that require us to invest of ourselves, not only our own time and effort, but perhaps even our own bodies and our safety and to, to, to put it at risk. Again, it's going to be for some sort of common good. So this is what the Stoics consider courage to consist in. You can see that it's, it's quite different in some respects from what many in our own culture would consider courage, whether it's the hyper aggressivity that some people value or the taking a moral stand when it's easy to take a moral stand. That really wouldn't be courage either. According to the Stoics, there's something very different that lies in the middle, and that is going to be fulfilling all of these characteristics and criteria. Now, this is a very important virtue because without courage, the other virtues are going to be difficult to see through because courage deals with things in times of adversity. And that is what we are going to run into sooner or later. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.